Today, we'll be interviewing Rachel Forbes from the Learn, Develop, Succeed, previously known as the Learning Disability Society, or LDS for short, based out of Vancouver, Canada. They offer 17 programs targeting age ranges from 3 to 18 that feature everything from speech therapy courses to courses in assistive technology. I'll let Rachel tell you more about the program and her experiences with learning differences as we move forwards. So Rachel, how are you today? I'm doing very well today. Thanks, Marco. I'd like to start with a bit of an icebreaker question because a lot of the people who I have on here or almost everyone who I have on here has some experience with the learning differences or family engaged in learning differences. And for you, it's multi-generational supporting people who have learning differences. Your father, if I'm correct, did some work with people with learning differences. Do you want to talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, it's interesting because it's not actually, I was never going to pursue education or working within education uh, from probably because my parents and my grandparents worked in education. So I tried to shy away from it for a while. My father uh, worked at what was called at the time the alternate school uh, in Pender Harbor on the Sunshine Coast and also up in Haida Gwaii in the 1970s. He, he taught for uh, over 35 years in different places in BC, but primarily on the Sunshine Coast. And my mom was also a teacher. Both of my grandparents, grandmothers on either side were teachers as well. So they, they were all very interested in building skills and capacity and inspiring youth uh, at various different ages. But my dad in particular worked in special education, it's called then, and also as the school counselor at our high school in Pender Harbor. And so was supporting people with challenges in their education in a lot of different ways. And how do you think that kind of passed down to you? Did you see that? Because you said you didn't want to go into education at all, but you yeah. ended up working for a, a thing that specif specifically is made to help people with learning differences at school and succeed later on in life. So how did that get translated to you eventually? Yeah, uh, in a roundabout way, I think. Like I took my own pathway where I started working. I trained in law and geography. I practiced in law and and not in a traditional legal way, kind of in the nonprofit social justice way, working on different causes and advancing, you know, a lot of what I call social justice causes, whether that's environmental mm -hmm. or uh, human rights and things like that. And then I ended up coming around to working more closely in the nonprofit sector and managing nonprofits. And I came to LDS and kind of made this full circle back to working in education, like there is this tendency in my family, because I think that's really where we can have the most impact. And LDS is head and shoulders above any other nonprofit I've ever interacted with. And they've interacted with yeah. over a hundred, you know, in terms of the, the front end impact, the change we can make on people's lives, um, both individually intellectually, emotionally, and their personal and intellectual development and for their families and for our communities. And so that's where, you know, I've once I started getting involved and I saw the personal impact and the family and community impact that we could make and what we're doing at LDS, that surpassed everything. And I realized that was essentially what my parents were doing. So do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say a little bit about what you do at LDS uh, and what LDS is there to do for students with learning differences? Sure. So LDS, or as you said, it's technically called Learning Disability Society, although we use our tagline, Learn, Develop, Succeed now. It has been around since 1970s. 
70, so for 53 years now. And we're a nonprofit charity that helps to work with children, youth, and adults now as well. So we work above age 18 all the way up to any age to give them the skills and tools that they'll need uh, to work with their learning difference and help them learn the way that their brain needs to adapt and give them the skills and tools that they need to succeed in school, but beyond. Uh, and, and a lot of what we're doing there really is building self-confidence and self-esteem and giving people strategies so that they know how to navigate, not just the school system, but various different parts of their life. We do that through, you mentioned we have 17 programs. Since we, we talked last, we actually have 18 programs now. Uh, so we're always growing. <laughs> Most of what we do is one-to-one individualized. Which, which is, I think, from my experience too with my learning differences, the best way to do um, like support, right? My, uh, my current program does one-to-one at my school. And since I started doing only like one-to-one, the improvements I've seen in myself are major compared to what I was at before. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things with people who have learning differences in just different ways, which is different ways of needing to learn. It's really hard to accommodate that and make that successful in a classroom yeah. of 15, 25 plus people because you need to have be teaching to, you know, the majority of the people in that classroom and the majority of them won't have a learning difference. Yeah. And so the people just, who do have learning differences all have different types of learning differences, right? Yeah. So actually meet them where they're at and develop those skills and tools. You need to do a lot of one-to-one that's really specialized and, and individualized for that learner. Yeah. Are there any programs that you're really proud of currently at LDS or any stories with yourself or with your family that, you, that you're proud of just for what you succeeded in? You know, we have so many so many things that we're doing at LDS that I'm so proud of. I think I'm really proud that we have programs now that start at age three and that go all the way to adult. Our oldest learner we're working with right now is in about age 65, um, which is just one of those things that, you know, you're never too old to keep learning and learn how to learn differently. Uh, our really, our young program for, it's called Early Risers uh, and RISE is our Research Informed Individualized Student Education. It's an acronym. So early risers is for kids age three to five and their parent or guardian. And that's a really important program that I'm proud of because it helps with early identification of any challenges that students might have in in their learning and development. And we can help create those strategies so that there aren't barriers created when a child goes into kindergarten or into the school system. We can try to front end that and make things really successful for that child and the family from the get go. So I'm really proud of that. Um, yeah, we we get little, you know, I think I'm most proud of all those little daily smiles and springs and steps and little achievements for each of our students. And we work with hundreds and hundreds every year where they feel like they've progressed and they've achieved and they're doing something that's yeah. making them happy and proud. And that's, that's what keeps us all going as educators and everybody else who works at LDS. It's those little shifts of progress and confidence that we build. Do you have uh, many clients who are above their teenage years or closer to like 65? Or is that just usually like a minority of your grouping? Uh, We just started our adult program in, you know, a concerted way about a year and a half ago. So we don't have that. that Is that the 18th program that just got added? 
No, the 18th program is our social communication group. <laughs> yeah, so that one we just started this month. Um, and that's a small group, less than 10, uh, where neurodivergent youth come together and just work on social communication strategies and ways to relate mm. to each other in a, in a safe neuroaffirming space. There's not many programs out there for adults. Um, so I kind of, that one's really interesting to me because you get mm -hmm. a lot of support for youth, right? But then adults mm -hmm. is a completely new one. I've, uh, I've interviewed a bunch of people and many of them who do support, all of them are targeted towards youth, right? Uh, mm -hmm. This is the first program I've heard of, which specifically <laughs> looks at adults. So can you ex talk about that a bit more? Maybe explain how that program works, what it looks like? Yeah, uh, you're right. It's, it's a real challenge, and I think not just in education, but in a lot of areas, there's support systems that we have that just stop at age 18. And life, of course, does not stop at age 18. And a lot of the times people are going from high school into the workforce or a post-secondary training or education or a skills training or, you know, doing other transitions in their lives from one job to another or their jobs the skills and things that required for their job are changing in a changing world. And so our program is meant to help with a lot of those transitions and help people navigate that. Uh, we can help like for post-secondary post students, we can help with course selection and organizing yourself and managing uh, what it's like to be in university or college and even connect you with the accessibility supports that are at the post-secondary institutions too, if that's challenging for people. And then we work with adults like the fun work skills as well. If a student goes to university abroad, so let's say they're not out of Vancouver, Canada, could you still offer them the same support? Would it be virtual? Would they have to come and find, find another group? How would that work? No, we would be able to support them. We do all of our one-to-one -one sessions uh, online as well, where it's appropriate for the learner and, and they're able to navigate that, we can offer things online. Okay. Anyways, you're saying something about the, uh, right before I cut you off there, you're saying something about the... Just the adult program. You know, we work with uh, adults who are in the workforce too and, and need to understand how to navigate different reading or math or organizational skills that their job might be presenting them with. At that and what stage. is... What type of program does that look like? Would you, do you know the structure of that program or what you would do in that program? Well, it's all one-to-one -one as well. Um, so like a lot of our programs, we do, well, with every program, we do an intake with the student and it, with their parents, if that's applicable, um, and or guardian. And then we develop a program that meets them where they're at. So it is really highly individualized. We could work with one adult on you know, foundational literacy. We had a 36-year-old come to us who couldn't read, and we've taught her how to read in less than a year. Um, we have other people where we're working more with their executive function skills, and they're going back into doing their master's, but they haven't been in school for a long time, really need a lot of help organizing their thoughts and their materials and selecting the right number and the types of courses that yeah. are appropriate for them to like pace themselves because they're not learning at the same in the same way right, as, as everyone else kids, yeah right so how much do these programs cost do they are they expensive for if you're especially if you're like an adult i know when you're a kid it's different because your parents might pay for it or there could be some funding from governments um but 
in this case, but uh, how much does an adult program cost? All of our one-to-one hourly programs are on the same sliding scale. So our fees are based on household income. And if you are at the full fee rate, it's $92 an hour. But that also includes case management, various types of assessments, progress reporting, Mm -hmm. you know, working with us on the individualized program. So it's not just the hour of time. It's a lot of other things that go along to support the learner in that. And those rates can go down to $15 an hour or in some cases $0 an hour where we're able to, uh, where that person meets the household income requirements and we're able to match up with other funding that we fundraise for to help subsidize the cost. So are you currently able to accept every student that comes to you or do you have to turn people down? We never turn people away for lack of financial ability to pay. So that's something I'm really proud of. We do work very hard to fundraise from individuals, foundations, corporations to make sure that we've got the ability to accept everyone regardless of their ability to pay. And we work really hard with everybody who comes to us to try to meet their needs educationally. Um, Sometimes there are behavioral or other developmental needs that are outside the scope of where we're at right now as an organization. And so sometimes we can do that where we can meet a learner online when they've got their behavioral support person with them, or, you know, we can think about other strategies to meet that learner, but we, yeah, we do our very best to make sure that we can accommodate everybody. So what do you, let's go back to the programs a bit, since we're kind of on the note of pricing of these programs. So it sounds like they go from free to $92 an hour. And you try to accept everyone you can, but you can't help everyone. What do these youth programs do and who do they primarily target? Yeah, so our programs at LDS are for anybody with a suspected or a diagnosed learning difference or learning disability. And that means that you can come to us even if you don't have a diagnosis yet. This is one of the ways that we like to keep ourselves accessible to people because getting a diagnosis of a learning is expensive, yeah expensive it takes a lot and of it time. takes a lot of time really they want me to, to navigate yeah my school wants me to redo my diagnosis this year uh and we're having a really hard time finding someone who can actually provide the correct diagnosis this like this year right because it's a big wait list there's not too many of these people um and even then they're all very busy right Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very challenging. And I mean, you can imagine even like a family that's just come to Canada, for example, and they don't even know how to navigate the system and they're learning that they need to get a diagnosis in order to get any supports at school for their child. And it's just really overwhelming. So if a parent or a person or a child or adult even has a suspicion um, that they have a learning disability and could use our support, then we'd welcome them to give us a call. And we can run here in-house what are called level B assessments, which can give you a really good picture of learning needs and challenges. And we do have a relationship right now with University of British Columbia where we can do referrals for some of our families to get faster than market and below market rate psychoeducational assessments, pardon me, psychoeducational assessments and some neuropsychoeducational assessments as well. Um, Is there any in-house too, hopefully in the future. (laughs) Are there any learning differences you like specialize at helping or very good at helping? 
Uh, I think, I mean, we have over, over 40 instructors now who work on our team. And so we have people who have expertise in all sorts of different learning challenges, whether that's, you know, most all of them work with dyslexia. That's the most common learning disability or difference. Um, but we have people who work in dyspraxia. We have executive function experts uh, who work on, you know, understanding and and strengthening the strategies to support executive function challenging challenges. We have people who work a lot with ADHD. We've got people who work with neurodivergent youth and autistic youth. Mm -hmm. So uh, really quite across the spectrum. Yeah. So you can support most people who come to you. And yeah. then what if somebody is out of your range and they, they can't necessarily get to you um, because let's say they live too far. They don't have a v access to a vehicle. Is there any way they can get support? Maybe they don't, they can't afford technology. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there a way they can access the same support as a student who lives closer to the LDS program? Yeah. So uh, within the greater Vancouver area, we have a program called LDS Access, which is our mobile classroom. And we drive that custom built and designed vehicle out to neighborhoods where we are able to offer $0 an hour service for the families most in need there who have transportation and uh, financial and probably other intersecting barriers that they're facing. Mm -hmm. That's one way. Uh, we do through our assistive technology uh, program and the corporate sponsors of that, we are able to offer assistive technology software and hardware to our families. So software licenses where they would be appropriate for the learner could be anything from a, a speech to text or text, text to speech or a uh, Grammarly or Beeline Reader or um, other types of assistive tech. Like we've got special keyboards and a LexiLite and uh, our assistive robotics program. So we're able to offer software to people anywhere, uh, hardware to people who are closer to East Vancouver, North Vancouver. And then we ship devices like laptops and tablets to some of our families across BC so that they can access the internet and our remote lessons. Yeah, well, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, was not, I was not prepared for that much. Um, <laughs> um, so on the note of that, um, do you see yourself expanding to cover more of Canada or maybe eventually a global field? Or are you just, do you think you're just going to stay regional for the time being in the greater Vancouver, BC area? So we serve learners across BC right now. We want to serve more learners and families across BC. There's thousands of people who could use our support that we are not yet serving. So that is our key focus right now. We do have the ability to serve people outside of British Columbia in Canada. That's definitely an option. And like you're mentioning, even if somebody were to travel for post-secondary or something, we could continue to support them. We supported some learners in Peru and Europe during COVID when they were stuck there with family uh, during the lockdown. So we continue to do that kind of thing. And, and yes, we, we'd love to grow to be a center of excellence for people with learning challenges and provide a really comprehensive support for that. And that could be Canada wide. It could be broader than that in the future. Um, before I ask my next grouping of questions, is there anything else that you think I missed about LDS or anything very important or interesting LDS is moving towards doing future programs that you want to cover before I ask you a few more questions about learning differences? 
Sure. Um, well, I just think, you know, the, the primary thing for people to know about LDS is that we offer really comprehensive support for pretty much anybody who has a suspicion or a diagnosis of a learning disability. So I'd encourage people to reach out to us and see how we can help if they're looking for help. And yeah, that we do that for everyone who, regardless of their ability to pay or, you know, navigate English systems and things like that. So we really try to keep pushing the envelope to be more inclusive and accessible to everybody. Uh, one of the ways we are doing that that's coming up uh, is additional work and research to take our assistive tech and social robotics program to mm -hmm. the next level where we're looking at machine learning and artificial intelligence and other types of things in ways that that can support us as an organization and also potentially support our learners uh, in in the future. So in a way that we can proactively manage our engagement with those types of technologies and make sure that we're using them for the benefit of our learners and our families. Sorry, I did come up with one more question while you were saying that. Uh, just back to your, I don't know to call them tutors or support people. What's their background in support? So our, we call them instructors. That's kind of our umbrella term. And we do that because they're more than tutors. They come with all sorts of specialized training in education, special education, psychology, neuroscience, um, and special training in working with people who have learning differences. And some of those, you know, multiple decades uh, of expertise and experience and, and education. So we have a huge array, dozens of people on staff who have different types of experience, as I mentioned. Um, we call them instructors as the umbrella term, but some of them are BC certified teachers. Some of them have master's degrees in neuroscience, uh, and they all bring a lot of different skills and, and expertise to the learners that we work with. Okay, so do you want to move into the bit of, uh, bit of the heavier questions now? Sure. Um, okay, so <laughs> the first one here is, uh, do you think the current school system, because you work with support all the time, uh, maybe not, I'm not thinking private schools, because that's bit different, but the public school system is set up to support students with learning differences and allow them to get the support they need. I don't think that the current school system is set up to support students who have learning differences. I think it's impossible in the way that we have set it up as a society for our school system to be able to properly support students with learning differences. As you've mentioned, having one-to-one -one support is really critical to be able to to support learners who have different neurological needs and their brain is processing information differently. By the very nature of how we've set up our education systems, they're for the majority of people. So it work, our, they work really great for a lot of people. And, and our education system is great in many ways. And the teachers and the administrators and everybody who works in it are wonderful people who are dedicated and we're all, you know, doing this work for the cause, but the system that we've set up by its very nature doesn't have the capacity or the resources to work individually with students who have learning differences and they need that ongoing one-to-one -one support. So no, I don't think it's the fault of any one person though. I think it's, yeah. you know, one of the systemic challenges that we have and we need to look at how we've set up these systems because they don't work for everybody and they're leaving people behind. And that has really 
serious consequences for those individuals and for their families and our society as a whole. So we need to take it really seriously. So would LDS bring to, uh, sorry, I can't use, they weren't called tutors. They were called instructors. Uh, instructors. Would they bring those instructors into schools to either teach teachers how to, or would they just bring instructors into school to help give in-class support for somebody with a learning difference? Is that too much of a reach for your organization? No, we do. We work in collaboration with many schools, uh, independent, private, and some public schools to provide that additional one-to-one support that students need in order to, you know, succeed and understand how to develop those skills and strategies for their learning difference. So we're very happy to work in collaboration with any school across BC or, or beyond what we you know, try to avoid is pulling students out of school time too much or at all if because there's a lot of other social and developmental things mm. that go on at school that are really important to make sure those are sustained as well. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I just want to go back to the support group because you were just talking a little bit about the social benefits of going to a school. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the, why did you build the support group then a support group to help people this i it's not like the support group but you know you know what i'm talking about that conversation group what's the, the group? yes yeah what's the what's the goal of that group and what's the hope of that group so that group's targeted towards neurodivergent youth who aren't necessarily wanting to and don't want to follow what we have established as social norms so um People used to say things like, you know, you need to develop certain social skills in order to get along and like understand how to interact with everybody. We don't want to take that approach. We want to take the approach of everybody has a different way of interacting socially. And we want to appreciate that and create a space where people can be themselves and develop their social interaction, communication, friend building, you know, asking for things, navigating the world in a way that's safe for them um, and that doesn't have to conform to neurotypical norms that, that are often, you know, established and put in place for everybody. So that's what that space is. We have a speech and language pathologist and our neuroaffirming program lead who also identifies as autistic leading that group of youth. And we have two different age groups there so that there's a space for them to practice different types of social communication together in ways that make sense for them. And we're not bringing all of the, the norms and the assumptions and the rules that, mm-hmm. you know, people often encounter in, in the majority driven society. Okay. So let's say uh, me, some high school student with dyslexia, uh, let's pretend for a moment that I don't get support at my school. I show up to LDS one day. What would my mm-hmm. first day look like? Your first day would be us talking to you and your parents or guardians about your learning profile and your experience so far. So we wouldn't do a, a learning session right away. We would do an intake with you and your key family members. We'd get information that you might have. So you've got a psychoeducational assessment from however many years ago that's being recommended to be done. <laughs> You've probably got some report cards and some family history that we can download so we understand where you're at and your learning profile if you have any other like 
things that you're exceptional at and how we bring that into the mix. So where would you need support? Where would you not need support? And then we would take that away in our team and figure out which instructor to match you with so that we were focusing on your areas of need. So in your case, dyslexic, yeah. learning development, um, decoding, um, whatever, wherever you're at in that journey. Um, and it might be, you know, something more appropriate for going into senior subjects at school or navigating college or that kind of thing. So a senior literacy instructor, and we'd match you with them, and then they would start off sessions with you. um, Okay, so you have instructors that are specific to every single subject matter in in a school, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't have people who are specializing in things like chemistry necessarily, but yeah. more on the foundational things where we have instructors who focus on um, early literacy, senior literacy, uh, numeracy and like senior math and calculus um, and other different focus areas or sub focus areas as well. So are these people directly employed by LDS? Do they work more in partnership as tutors or as um like independent advisors for LDS or are they directly employed by LDS? Directly employed by LDS. So we've taken the approach that we want to build our team and keep people with us for long term. So we employ the majority of our instructors, you know, full-time salaried employees year round in all of our programs. Um, we also have a number of contractors who might work another job, uh, like for example, working in a school as a teacher or mm-hmm. a, and then or a resource teacher and working with us after school hours or on the weekends or in the summers to support our learners. Okay. So going back to these kind of oracle questions, mm-hmm. where let's say it's me again. I have dyslexia, uh, mm-hmm. except I don't live near LDS. I'm maybe other side. I'm in Quebec or I'm um, Ottawa. Maybe I'm in the States somewhere. What's the first thing I should do to look for support in my region? Hmm. There might be other similar organizations in in those regions. Um, I know that there's not a lot of other options in Canada that offer the same sliding scale support and comprehensive support that LDS does. So if you're in Ottawa, you should call us. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in Quebec, you should call us. Um, We don't do French language instruction right now, unfortunately, but that might be an area where we we do have some people we refer to for that uh, on our Mm -hmm. website of resources. If you're in other countries like the States or something, uh, there, there might be other organizations that can support. And there's certainly a lot of qualified individuals who work as specialized instructors, Orton-Gillingham tutors, other multisensory approaches that do their own, you know, one-to-one and come into people's homes and do things online and in different communities. So there's a lot of other qualified people out there who can do this for families and for students, for sure. Yeah. Um, not discounting that at all. Um, just a lot of them aren't, they don't come with the same case management, assessment, progress monitoring, the like team of support that instructors at LDS come with and with a sliding scale of making things yeah. financially accessible. Yeah, that's um, that's a really good point there. Um, there are other options, but then you guys do a really good job at it, especially if you're in this region. Um, it, it makes sense. But to be fully honest here, when I was um, 
when I was in grades, I'm still in grade school. <laughs> when I was, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not through it yet. Um, when I was in my junior school, so that's grade one through seven, um, finding tutors that were good were was always incredibly difficult. I would sit, I would go through three or four tutors before I found one that would actually be able to teach me. Uh, I'm still having this problem this year where I'm looking for an AP. I was until recently, I was looking for an AP physics tutor yeah. and I went through about four people. All of them were teaching me like the, the first one I had said, the best way to learn physics is by reading the book. I'm, and I thought, you know, <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> yeah, the, I'm sorry. They're apparently a really good tutor for a lot of people who are neurotypical. But for me, as soon as they said that, I'm like, <laughs> it takes me it takes me like 30 minutes to read one page and you want me to read a whole textbook before my course starts i can't do that um so that went out the drain really quickly um let's say someone moving back to the kind of these putting this into question so i i get why the support's really useful but let's say someone's just looking for a tutor looking for help finding someone who can help them in a specific subject era area era area yeah so it's been a long day it's woke up early this morning um <laughs> Would they, would they have to go, could they just go through you and say, could we get an, or I can never pronounce it, or Gillaham tutor? I can't say it. Or get a tutor to help them with their learning difference? Or would they have to pay the full fee for their treatment? Not treatment, but it's not a treatment. It's for their yeah, lessons. Learning support. So yeah, we do what we call explicit instruction, where we're working on those foundational skills for the students we're working with. We also do what we call homework support, which is closer to just tutoring in a specific subject. So if you were taking, you know, physics and you wanted to have a tutor who could support with the math side or the reading side of the physics, we could do homework support for that student. Um, it is still the same price because we're still doing all the other like supports and individualized nature of, of what yeah. we do and the making sure that we're developing something that's specific for that learner. Um, and sometimes we get families coming to us or learners coming to us saying, you know, I really just want support for math during this one semester where my child is taking math and they, they've been diagnosed with a severe learning yeah. deficit in, in, um, dyscalculia. And it's like, well, or dyscalculia. So, sure, we can support them during that semester in math, but chances are if they have actually been diagnosed already with a severe learning disability and dyscalculia, yeah. they could probably use ongoing foundational support. And you can do more. And, and just because they've been diagnosed with dyscalculia doesn't mean they're going to be unsuccessful. For example, with myself, uh, I have, if you look at my, uh, what's it called? Not IP, but the psych ed, mm -hmm. um, it says severe difficulty with basic arithmetic. And then it also says I'm 6% processing, uh, 6 percentile for processing speed, which mm. I'll put it out there is very low. <laughs> like 94% <laughs> of people can read, a, read think, think about a problem faster than me. But right. despite that, I'm still able to get very high marks in math. And that's just because I've been given a level of support. I've taught myself how to get through this. And, um, if this is just for anyone who might have a learning difference listening, if, if they are struggling, it doesn't mean it's then the, the struggles, what gets us to a point that makes us, I think more successful than someone without a learning difference, because we can push ourselves through these. And we also learn more creative solutions to cope with them. Now I'm sitting above a 98 in math and for the last three years, which is amazing from the person who's had a, on his set, who 
can't do arithmetic. I still can't. <laughs> but I can still do well in the math course because I, you know, I get, you get access, you've, you get your, it's like, you get access to accommodations. I get a calculator. That mm-hmm. thing single-handedly has saved my life because if you ask me any addition question, I have to break it up into four or five other addition questions, uh, right. multiplications like that, but I have to break it up into 10 different multiplication or addition questions. So it's just the, getting the proper support is crucial to success. And just because you, you need the support to be successful doesn't mean you're worse than anyone else, right? Absolutely not. No. It, and <laughs> like we take the approach of people, everybody, obviously everybody should have the ability to succeed and get the supports that they need to succeed in any yeah. and all of these areas and beyond, right? So like we don't want to just bring somebody who has, like you're talking about, uh, a math learning challenge up mm. to average. Why not bring them up to 98% yeah. or the 99 yes. or, you know, like beyond? There's no reason that, you know, we can't strive for that and in many cases achieve that with the right supports or yeah, but- whether that's the individualized learning support or it's an assistive technology piece. And we all use these, that, like people have sometimes a different view of technology and, yeah. and using that as a support, but we all use technology in different yeah. ways. And we're not necessarily saying, you know, every five-year-old should start using a speech to text or something, but at different points in our learning and our life where we understand what's going to, we're going to be able to make our brains do at a reasonable speed and what we're not, well, let's bring in some support to bring yeah. us up to or beyond our peers. And so we can achieve that. And like you're saying, it's fantastic that you've been able to put all those pieces together and not just like get by, but absolutely blow it out of the water. Right. Because why not? (laughs) I've had, um, yeah, on the note of that, it's, it's not when you, when something says you're six percentile for processing speed, or you can't do basic arithmetic. It's not saying that you're bad at math or you're a slow thinker. It's just saying the way you're being taught or the way that your school system's currently set up is not the correct way for you, especially if you have a learning difference. It means how they're teaching you is not the way they should be teaching you. Um, so you're actually probably very good at math. They just don't know how to explain it to you or they don't know how to properly teach it. Um, and I think that's a really important distinction we have to make. Yeah. Uh, as, yeah. And I'm you sure probably you know this. On your podcast, but like uh, learning challenges, learning differences and disabilities have nothing to do with intelligence and they have nothing to do with our capabilities and our capacities of our brain. It's just being able to understand more about how our brain works. And I've done more, you know, reading and listening on even this d- development of the human brain to learn how to read. Well, that took time, <laughs> but we <laughs> did thousands, tens of thousands of years between developing symbols and our brains adapting and changing. Yeah. From the hunter gatherer to what we are today, right? Yeah. And we know so little about our brains still. We're learning so much more every passing day and all of the amazing technologies that we have to look at our brain wiring and communication between different parts of our brain and activity here and there. It's fascinating, but it, it just kind of goes down to reinforce the point that we don't understand everything about our brains. No. Everything <laughs> works differently. Um, the more that we learn about this, the more that we understand where we can meet somebody's brain where it's at. We can, you know, give the 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 energy and the fuel and the skills to make it blossom into its. 
I don't even want to say full capacity because we probably don't even. Yeah, we even can't even get there. Brains as humans yet. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think it's wonderful to just embrace all of the differences and the diversity of our brains and understand what they bring to every situation and every learning that we have. And and even if somebody does have a learning difference, that they do have a problem yeah. or challenge overcoming and they're not going to be in the 98th percentile because some people are not going to get there. They're not going to ever be the fastest yeah. reader. And, and that's okay. Is, you, you don't need to be, right? Like I, you if you can be, be so you can things. be, <laughs> and my own experience, you can be very successful at six percentile, right? You don't, you don't need right. to keep put. Yeah. Um, so this is just take your time, do what you need to do and don't, get too stressed. And on the note of stress, my final question before I leave you today is, I know when I was young, especially with my learning difference and the community I was in, it was very hard for me to be dyslexic because I was, you know, I feel different. Um, my peers would treat me not the best. Um, so do you offer any sort of psychological or not psychological yet? Psycho psychological is probably the best way to put it, support or emotional support for students who are going through a really hard time at their school, especially at a young age with a learning difference? So it's a really important point that you're bringing up. And I think they don't have the actual statistic, but well into the 90%, probably yeah. very high 90% of our students and our families who have learning differences also have mental health challenges. Yeah. And a lot of it's because of the things that you're mentioning where, you know, you're feeling alone and different and you don't know how to speak out or get the supports you need. And you feel all the things that people feel when they don't feel like they're part <laughs> of normal thing, whether that's because of a learning difference or something else. Right. And so it's so important that people reach out to get help for that. Um, so number one, probably ahead of getting support for learning differences, but it's very correlated is get help for mental health and, bullying and all of these things that happen that should not happen. Um, so anybody's listening, please always reach out for help with that with a trusted person or adult or kids help phone or all of these things. At LDS, we do not directly offer counseling or psychological support at this time. Um, we do do social emotional work with all of our students though. So we do bring in lesson like within our lessons talking about feelings identifying emotions and learning how to talk about those more which is really can be very helpful for empowering people and asking for help or being able to understand how we can regulate our emotions ourselves and with other people um, we do have some referrals that we can make to counselors and psychologists and we certainly believe in the importance of mental health support. We did do a mental health and learning differences forum this past May, yeah. where we brought together some professionals and experts in those areas. And we want to do more and more in that area too, because uh, they're very tied together and they're obviously very tied to developing self-confidence and self-esteem in children, youth, and in adults. Um, I think that's really important too, right? Mental health, managing my mental health took me a long time to get into, right? When I was young, I had no clue what this thing, idea of mental health was. And I think most people don't. Uh, they just think, you know, I, I thought this, like everyone is better than me because I'm different and I'm dyslexic, mm -hmm. which means I'm worse. Uh, that was not, that was not true, right? 
that took me a long yeah. time to get through. And probably one of the best things I did go do is see help more than once to get help from a psychologist, get help from people who I trust, talk, talk about what's happening just to make sure like I can either prevent this issue from happening again, which is kind of the reason behind this podcast. I, I want to educate people about learning differences because I think education is the first path to preventing mm -hmm. things like this from happening. Um, but also at the same time, I also want to try to figure out more about why I was feeling this way. Um, and usually it's just because, mm -hmm. you know, you're young. And eventually as you get older, you start to understand it more, realize what your limitations are, realize we can be successful. And then you just move forwards on that path where you're able to be successful and not push yourself past, mm -hmm. you know, your limits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think it's um, so important. Like we don't do the direct counseling and psychological supported LDS, but where yeah. I see our really important role is creating the capacity, just time, space, space in your brain and your heart to be able to manage your mental health issues um, to get like individually or with your family. Because when students are so preoccupied with the fact that they aren't like their peers or they've got this learning difference, um, they don't have as much of the capacity to manage the other challenges that life is going to throw at them, whether that's a mental health challenge or anything else that's going to go on personally or professionally or with your family. And so we know how to support people with learning differences. So if you've got one, let's do that, right? And like, let's get that managed in a way that's like manageable, just be repetitive, manageable for people yeah. so that when there are other challenges that will obviously be come up for everybody, um, they have the capacity to deal with that. And I think that's so important to create that empowerment for individuals and for families to help each other succeed. So we're reaching the end of our time here today. And You've given plenty of experience both through your family and through public services. You have plenty of experience in both these areas. Um, is there anything you'd like to tell somebody with a learning difference, either who's a parent of somebody with a learning difference or someone who currently has a learning difference and might be struggling, either socially, emotionally, or academically? You need to, just as a quick piece of, piece of advice before we leave them. Trust your gut is what I would say. Trust your gut, trust, trust your, your heart. Gut. <laughs> if you think something's up with your child or with yourself, reach out for help. What's the worst that could happen? You know, we <laughs> we do an intake with you. We support you. Maybe we run some informal assessments. You learn that a little bit more about how you learn and we can support you on your way um, or we can refer you to other people who can help support you or your family. So yeah, it's the trust your gut because um, we get so many families who come to us being like, oh, I, I thought you know, something was up and then I was getting reassured by teachers or so-and-so yeah. that, you know, oh, just wait, it'll, it'll work out in time. The earlier you can get support, the better. So yeah. trust your gut. If, if you're wrong, great. If you're right, also great. And we can help support you at, you know, at that, yeah. wherever you're at in your journey. So um, that's my only advice is, and parents, you know it, you know, when something's up with your kid. So Go, go with your gut. <laughs> and if you're, you know, a learner along whatever part of your journey and you're like, you know what, I, I want some more skills and tools. I can do better than this. I need to brush up on this. Or you knew you had a learning difference, but you need to like fine tune it because you're 36 now and your job has changed. Great. Like, let's, yeah. let's start that journey together.
Thank you so much. Um, it was great to have you on today, and I'm sure I learned a lot. Uh, I'm sure everyone who is listening learned a lot, and I hope if anyone who has a learning difference who hasn't seek support yet who's listening can go, will go and do that now. Um, have a great day, Rachel. Thank and you so much. Thank Marco. you for joining us. Appreciate your time and your you doing this for everybody. Just before I leave you today, given we have talked about education and mental health support, I wanted to leave you with a few resources. First, in the show notes. I have included a list I found online of scholarships for people with learning differences. These scholarships are primarily for Americans, but are worth looking at. Some notable ones are the Ayn Ford Scholarship from the National Center for Learning Disabilities. It's a $10,000 scholarship for a four-year bachelor's degree and is available for any graduating high school senior with a documented learning difference. Microsoft and Google also offer a disability scholarship and Google Lyme Scholarship that are worth checking out. The Google Lyme Scholarship targets university students who are pursuing a bachelor's degree in computer science, computer engineering, or any other related field. Additionally, the Francis McLean Foundation provides tuition assistance for children with dyslexia or any other language-based learning difference. If you live in Canada, you may be eligible for a grant of up to $2,800 a year from the Canadian government, Check out the link in the show notes to find out more. And if you're looking for an easy-to-access mental health support line, you can check out the Kids Help Phone. This is a Canadian organization, so it may be unavailable in your region. This is by no means a comprehensive list, and I encourage you or your parent to investigate this topic as there are a ton of resources available. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dyslexia and Beyond. I hope you come back next month when we interview Blake Mahovic a fellow dyslexic, member of the Canadian National Rugby League team, and support teacher.